And welcome everybody to another edition of the CarCast. This one is episode 101, which I will defer to my goaltending partner, Sean Shapiro, to name the number one, because we're going to start over, as we said last week, we got into 100, we, we didn't start the numbers until number 77, so we left a lot on the table. Sean there are a lot of number ones oh, there's in a NHL lot. history. There's a there's a lot. So and, like uh, Rick Bonus to yeah. Jeff Reese, I'm deferring goaltending choices entirely to you. Tell me what to do. Well, and it's actually great segue. Jeff Reese wore number one for two NHL franchises actually, um, for the Islanders <laughs> and the and the uh, Toronto the uh, sorry the Lightning and the uh, Toronto Maple Leafs. Um, a lot of good options. Um, I was, ramp gets different and weird every it single does. time. It's a different what ramp. What is going on over here? It's a different here? ramp every time. Every time. Um, anyway. There's a lot of good ones. There's uh, Glenn Hall. You could go with uh, Terry Sawchuck. Um, I uh, personally... Terry Cheevers. Yeah. Jacques Plant. Bernie Perron. Per- personally, I have a... Did you say Rogi Vashon? Yes. Uh-huh, um, the best. Another, another good one... Uh, the uh, big fan of the, the Johnny Bauer poke check, so that would have been a very good one. Uh, but uh, I, I, I Johnny Bauer, big uh, Toronto yeah, Maple Leafs. Yes, yeah. yes. Um, I think the uh, one we got to go with though, just with kind of a tie to franchise history and kind of uh, wore it for so long. Uh, we'll go with we'll go Worsley. Ooh, the Minnesota North Stars, Kyan. Two big goalies in North Stars history, of course are Gump Worsley and Cesar Maniago. Mm-hmm. How can you not bring that up? Yeah. And, of course, he wore it for a long time, so it wasn't just hey, a year here, a couple years here. Yeah. All right, I like that. Gump Worsley episode. Uh, this one was a fun one for the Stars yeah. tonight because they played well and they won. And aside from the first period where they didn't score enough for how well they played – they did it the rest of the way, yeah. and they won a game which, look, Carolina is a good team. Mm-hmm. Yes. The Stars outplayed them tonight, and they should have won the game, and they did. There have been other times where the Stars have played well and not had the offensive goal numbers and goals to show for it. Tonight, yeah, you know, Peter Brozic was really good, and the Stars still got three on him. Yeah. And uh, an awarded goal, which you don't yeah. see every day. No, you don't see that every day. The awarded goal for the hat trick. That's a that's even more that's rare. Even more rare. Yeah, I don't know how often that's happened in franchise history. I can't say that that's been a common occurrence or even yeah. a rare occurrence. I bet yeah. you that is extremely unheard yeah. of. Uh, I asked Jamie Ben tonight if he had ever scored an awarded goal before, and he couldn't remember. I told him, and my I tried to rack my brain. I don't remember him doing it. He said, I don't think so either. He has played 801 NHL games, so it's a yeah. chance some of them went together. Yeah. But that one was, uh, I think that was his first awarded goal and his sixth NHL hat trick. By the way, Sean, he now, with three tonight, is up to 299 goals in his NHL career, one shy of 300. That, and that is an impressive mark to be and to get close to. And 401 shy of Alex Ovechkin. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Just to put it in perspective. Yes. Um, yeah, he was. It was a night. It was a very good night for Jamie Ben. Very good night for the Stars in general. Uh, it was, and kind of taking it through that first period, that the Stars. <laughs> these were two teams that have 
two of the NHL's slowest starters as of late. Carolina had uh, yielded the first goal in five straight coming into tonight. The Stars had let up the first goal, had been trailing one nothing in nine of their last ten games. I mean, based on those stats, Sean, yeah. I'm surprised anybody scored first. Exactly. I mean, we, we were we were joking earlier today that this one was going to go to a shootout 0-0. <laughs> um, so, I've done a few of those games in my past. Yeah, not really that excited. That's not um, true. I always can, go back to this. I had one be. game in the AHL when I was with the Albany River Rats. It was 07-08. Coincidentally, at the time, the Carolina Hurricanes AHL affiliate. And we played against the Binghamton Senators, then of the Ottawa fame. Mm-hmm. They, uh, they're no longer affiliated with Binghamton. Um, Michael Layton for the, for the River Rats against Brian Elliott for the Senators combined for 80 saves in a 0-0 game that went to a shootout, and the, the crime of it was it should have ended in a tie because both goalies earned shutouts by getting to a shootout without yeah. allowing a goal against, and there were chances galore. When you think about it, 80 shots on goal, yeah. there were scoring chances. Both goalies were fantastic. It should have ended 0-0, and I think everybody would have been content with it, and we went to a shootout. Well, as we've said, it's, it was, it, it's it was not, the best yeah, 0-0 game I've ever seen. It's not goals that make a great game. It's chances. That's right. right. Let's, let's be, it's scoring be, chances is what makes hockey. Yes. You want goals, but scoring chances. Because if you you have a goalie making save after save after save, that's, that's pretty exciting. That's entertaining still. So. It's very. Yeah. Um, but anyway. So tonight, the both teams notoriously slow starters lately. The Stars, though, come out really strong. Great start to the game. Um, I think they had 11 of the first 12 shots of the game. Carolina and, had the first shot on goal. It yeah. was a Warren Vogel, uh, Fogel tip. Mm-hmm. It was a high tip in the slot. Hudobin makes the save. Quality yeah. chance. And then they didn't have another shot on goal for like the next 10 minutes. Yeah, it was, it was a long stretch. And the Stars, um, they take the one nothing lead. They uh, kind of... A, Bit of a chaotic shift. A couple hurricanes collided with each other in the Dallas end. Yeah, it's yeah, like watching yeah. human bowling. They yeah. took each other out. Yeah, and you get to, and it creates this kind of this rather slow developing four on two for the stars. Do you to, think that when Miro started that rush, he had any idea they had a four on two? Because it didn't look like he thought they were like. There were times in the game tonight that Miro skated with incredible urgency and just drove the play. That was not one of those times. He was really good tonight. Oh, he I mean, was he's great. always good, but he was really good tonight. Uh, he had two yeah. assists. Miro did. He could have had more. Yeah. He was really, really. Yeah, awful. I don't think he knew. I, 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 I say that I don't think he knew, but then again, there's been times where you talk to his teammates. You talk. He doesn't really say much because that's, that's his communication. Just but, plays. But his kind of, I, he sees the game so well. Where, by the way. I want to interject. The other night when he got called for diving, what a travesty. Like, of all the players in the NHL, Miro Haskinen might be the least likely player to dive because that's not in his DNA. And it was a horrible call. And if you go back and watch the video of it, you can see he literally tries to skate through the trip and keep playing. And and I have never seen Miro ever complain to the officials. And he did on that one. And I think he has... Complete. Yeah, that one uh, was. He has yeah. justification for doing so. And that was all the way back in New York. That was three games ago. A uh, terrible call. But, yeah. Um, anywho, I tonight. I never get, did get that clip. Yeah, <laughs> but anyway. Uh, the goal tonight, the first goal, puts the Stars up 1 0. Uh, Hishkin carries the puck into the zone. It's a nice pass drop to Stephen Johns, who. Great cross ice feed by Beautiful Johns to, to Ben, who finishes 1 0. Um, and 
And Jamie had to get it out of office yes. quickly because if he had caught it and then shot it, mm-hmm. Mrazek would have gotten over it. Yes. So, and Mrazek almost got over it, actually. Yeah. He played I mean, very well. It was because of the quickness of the pass and the shot that that went there. Yeah. Um, and that was, and really, it, the Stars should have scored at least once more in the first period. Oh, they had chances. There were some great chances. Uh, Corey um, Perry was phenomenal he tonight. He was really good tonight. He, he had a really couple good. of great chances himself. He set up a couple. How he didn't have any goals tonight, I don't know, because he was that good. He's been really good the past two weeks. Though. He seems to be really finding himself. Like, he's finding that game. And I know Joe Pavelski didn't play tonight. Took warm-up. Mm-hmm. And he's been on a tear lately with uh, a nice point streak rolling for him. Yeah. The Stars are so much more balanced when they have... Those two new guys playing well. Ben Sagan. Sagan had a great assist tonight. He set up uh, hints for a one-on-one. He shot over the net in the first period. Tyler playing a bit of the playmaker these days. You've got Radulov back from an injury. Hints and Gurionov causing trouble. That's where the Stars really are at their best is when they have that balance from all sorts of areas. Yeah. It's hard to defend yeah. no, it, it is. and match up. It is, and I really like what Perry's been able to... Uh, I like the line combination Yeah, I right did now. too. I liked him too. I really did. Um, the uh, hints Sagan-Perry was super dangerous tonight. Yeah. And I liked I liked, I liked Gurionov with uh, Ben and Dickinson. And um, the other thing, the other player who I think deserves some recognition for what he did tonight, just as a general, is... T.S. Yanmark was very good at center for someone who is more of a winger. No, I disagree years. with that. He's a natural center. and yeah. he, But you, you, what you mean is he hasn't been playing as a center for a long time. Yes. He not only he actually did well in the face-off circle, which in the past he has struggled yes. in. I suggest that part of that's because he doesn't do it enough. But he came into this team and the trade, the Eric Cole trade, as a center. So I think here's the thing. I know we've talked about before, and I'm getting off on a tangent here. I know that he may be one of the candidates to be shipped out if they wanted to make an ad at the trade deadline. I'm really struggling with wanting to, with not wanting to get rid of him because of all those little intangibles that he he brings. He's one of those utility players. Yes, I mean it's it's it's, but he's also playing to a. If I want, if you want to kind of parlay your point to something else. If you were going to make a bigger move and needed to move someone to create a space, he has played himself into a higher value too. If That's true. Like if yeah. you, want, you want to look at it both ways. Anywho, I let's just, just I don't know. I'm having a hard time saying I'll, I'd be willing to part with him with this team. I understand there's other reasons oh, there. Boy. Oh, we have brake lights and that's not a good sign. Anywho, and all, all trade talk is circumstantial because you're figuring out the first thing everyone you say is like, oh, would you like this guy? It's always like, well, I'd like to see what the deal is. Yeah, I mean, yeah. of course. If yeah. someone says, well, who do you like out there? Well, I like a lot of players that could be available, yeah. but it depends on the cost. Um, the Stars, however, Sean, do take a penalty mm-hmm. and end up uh, – what did you think about that? It was a Fox that was called for boarding on Justin Williams – um, he definitely thumped him into the yeah. board. It's sort of a tough one because there are times where it seems as though, um, I don't know, I mean, that players put themselves in an awkward position. I know that that sounds very weak to say, well, you know, he shouldn't, mis- shouldn't have been standing in that position. I don't know. There was a play later in the game where Alexiak absolutely crunched 
oh, who was it? One of the the Canes forwards. And I thought that he bent down a little bit, so it sort of put him in that awkward position. Uh, they didn't get a, they didn't call a penalty then. I didn't have as much of a problem with the the Fox one. I thought it was, I was okay with that call. We've got an accident in front of us. Yeah. Uh, it's in 475 feet. So if we can move, it, we won't take that long to get past them. Yeah. If all lanes are blocked. We're in trouble because <laughs> there's nowhere else to go. I mean, we got some slight creeping, and I'm not sure if it's creeping for actual. I mean, there's flashing lights ahead of yeah. us. Uh, unfortunately, we just took the split, so yeah. we can't go the other way on uh, 635 there. So, well, we'll see how it goes. Yeah. But we have, you know what? Our loss is our listeners' gain. Yes. A longer car cast because of it. So we'll we'll let you know how this. Uh, accident traffic is going. Yes. So live traffic reports on a podcast. Live recorded po- tra- <laughs> uh, traffic. So if you're so, listening, if you're listening and sitting behind us, avoid the split. So yeah, if this accident is still here, 45 minutes to an hour later when we post it, and you get to this point of the uh, podcast, take the other way. Don't take 35 no- east north yeah. after the 635 split. Um, so they get, anyway, Fox takes a penalty. Yeah. They get the power play. I think. Even though the Canes had a lot of possession time in the offensive zone on that power play, I thought the Stars defended it really well. Mm-hmm. They didn't create a lot. And then kind of a goofy bounce right after the power play ended yeah. goes right to Sebastian Ajo, and he goes off the post in it. Yeah, it was a play, too, where it's not. I'm not saying it's a goal that was you could tell it was frustrating for Hudobin, not because it was – I'm not calling it even a bad goal. It's just one where – it was the weird bounce, and it kind of caught him already in the butterfly, and that's why Ajo was able to pick that corner. Because if he's if right. he's if if that's a play where if Hudobin is standing, that's an easy quick into the butterfly, and you're pushing into the pushing towards your left post and making that save. The fact that the Stars went into the intermission at one one is also a testament to Hudobin because he made two saves. Mm-hmm. Um, Jordan Stahl yeah. to the left side of the crease on the rush, mm-hmm. and then the rebound was even better on Tara Vinen where he flopped with his arms diving to his left. Was I, To me, Sean, I thought his best saves of the night because not just of his acrobatics, but the timeliness of having dom- basically dominated a period. And have if it was 2-1 Carolina, that could have dropped – I mean – the stars seem to not do have that poorly with deficits, but that was a very big save. Well, and it's not that the star, and it's not even the stars' side of the thing. It's this is a Carolina team that's been able to come back, mm-hmm. and so that's a Carolina team where if they get that, they get head in two to one. I think they're a team that comes out much better in the second period too. So, um, obviously a really big save. So we. Um, we move into the intermission with the Stars and Hurricanes tied at 1-1. Um, and then you have uh, Dennis Gurionov gets his third in the last four games, five and fifth Man, in the last what eight. what a power play shot. That was... That one, Sean, reminded me of Alex Ovechkin. Yes. From the wrong side, other side, because he's a... Ovechkin's a right-hand shot that's shooting from the left circle. Yeah. So the inverse of this. But this was one of those where Gurionov was actually standing wide uh, or outside of the right face-off dot. Yeah. So he was closer to the boards than he was to the middle of the ice. Mm-hmm. He beat Mrazek on a very tight window because Mrazek actually got up against the post as yeah. it got, went by him. And 
it destroyed the top of the water oh, bottle, yeah. which, by the way, almost never happens anymore since they uh, in, installed these the, the bottle holder. holders outside the back of the net instead of having them sit on the top of the cage, which were always fun when the bottle get popped off yeah. on a goal. It doesn't happen anymore because these holders are outside the frame. Mm-hmm. But I thought uh, a phenomenal shot. It's now uh, Gurionov's seventh power play goal of the season, which ties him with Alexander Radulov and later Jamie Benn for mm-hmm. the most power play goals on the Stars this yeah. year. And for a brief amount of time, it tied him for the team lead in goals. Yep. But that would change uh, a couple minutes later. Yeah. Um, Jamie Benn ends up with uh, his his power his own power play goal. Yep. Um, nice uh, nice shot. Another nice patient set, set up by yeah. Sagan. I was worried there might be a hand pass because there was sort of a scrum behind the net battling for the puck. Radulov was in the, involved there, mm-hmm. but I guess it got clearly knocked to Sagan. He just <clears throat> showed so much composure to wait and then made a really good play to Ben. And Ben just just picked his corner. Yeah. Two goals on the night, 3-1 stars. And that's a big one because, Sean, after that, uh, you go to the third period and you're protecting a two-goal lead. What a difference. We got an 18-wheeler. Looks like a jackknifed truck. And that is not easy to clean up. Yeah, yeah, those jackknife 18-wheelers are something else. That's completely yeah. jackknife. All right, we're through, which means the car cast continues at speed now. Yeah. And on a pretty open highway. Yeah. So. It's 3-1. to 3-1. to <laughs> Stars had some great A chances after the oh, end yeah. goal. It could, have been, it could have been more than that. There were some really good quality looks. Could have been four or five. Again, Peter Rozic, very good. We go to the third period, and a couple chances for both teams, but really, essentially autopilot, and it's because the two goal lead to me because yeah. auto autopilot with some chaos <coughs> mixed in. Like how? Um, like for example, the play with 16 minutes left in the game, where there's the ship the, from uh, near the Stars net, where the play actually goes through Dobin's legs. Oh, and, so Justin Williams yeah, takes yeah, a shot. Yeah. Anton's way out of the net, makes mm-hmm. the save, rebound goes back to Williams. He's at a bad angle, actually passes it through his feet and the goaltender's legs. It goes parallel to the goal line across. They work it back around, shot, and it hit Jamie Benn, I think, at the back. Yeah. And then I think Klingberg got a block. Yep. And uh, But they never got another shot on goal. Yeah. But it's a little bit of chaos there. I think it was that one. <coughs> it was. Jason Dickinson was diving around. You could tell both protected his face with both hands. Smart. <laughs> Cover the face. Because we, we know if he had it, it would have hit Jason Square in the face because it's, oh, it's, it's just, it just tends to happen. By the way, did you see on Twitter today the Brandon Perlini skate cut to the nose? I did not see. I saw. I heard about it. I, did, I didn't see the picture. He had stitches from about the middle of the point of his nose up the, the right nostril, like halfway up the bridge. Oof. Yeah, it was something else. Yeah. Wow. Not, not a pretty sight. Yeah. But anyway, I digress. Mm-hmm. Stars uh, then get a, a late chance for the hat trick for Jamie Benn. Mm-hmm. After they pull Mrazic, they're down two yeah. goals. And J- Jamie clears the puck. Looks like he's going to skate down the wing and shoot for the empty net and gets hauled down. Yeah. And I thought perfectly called by the referee. Yeah, so award, awarded goal. Awarded goal. Because uh, it would have been a penalty shot would if, have been, yeah. if it hadn't been. And I th- that led to a stupid thought of mine of, well, 
the reason why it's an awarded goal because it would be a penalty shot with no goaltender in. Correct. Wouldn't it be stupid to try to recreate the Brad Marchand shootout move where he skated forward and forgot the, and whiffed on the puck? Yeah. <laughs> Is there? Any, it'd be dumb once to have a guy try to shoot on an empty net penalty shot. It, it would have been the one thing that would have been funny. Just to, you just think of an alternate reality where okay, we're going to do the penalty shot. And say hockey had the soccer rule where anyone could take the penalty shot. Okay. What the, do you have, the goalie? No, is that the play where that all of a sudden Jamie? No, is that the play where Jamie says, "Tyler, put the puck in the net." Well, it's funny because <laughs> when <laughs> when Razik went to the bench, Bruce yeah. goes, "Oh, we got to look for Jamie for the hat trick." And I said, "No, yeah. I want to see Tyler score for the first time in 17 games." Yeah. So, Unfortunately, he did not. He did not. Um, so he is going to have a. I'm sure it'll be a fun reception for him with the Toronto media on Thursday morning. I'm sure they're going to ask about it. Yes. Oh boy. Um, but the Stars get the win, 69 points in, and 32 wins now on the season. Sean, uh, we looked this up. Dallas hit 69 points on February 28th last year. Okay. A week and a half before they've done it here. Yeah. Uh, and after the deadline last year. Actually, let's see, 11 to 28 is... 17 days. 17 days, so okay. it's actually over two weeks. Mm-hmm. So if you think about that, the Stars are two weeks ahead of last year's point totals. Which is great. That's um, a really it, good sign. And the Central is getting tighter. With those top three teams, it's getting tighter. Well, and, and the good news is that they, uh, with Winnipeg losing tonight, they extended their lead six points yeah. over the Jets, that third to fourth place, which is a big deal because... That gap keeps them out of any thoughts of the wild card. Yeah, for and, a bit. and it's it's one of those where it's uh, it's 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 unfortunate that no matter how it shakes out, it looks like the second and third best team in the West will have to play in the first round. Yeah, but that's, I don't like uh, that's that. a conversation for another day. Um, big win for the Stars, kind of. Pretty much a cameo at home, road game, quick home game. Now we got the they've got the three and four coming up uh, in Canada, coming uh, more Eastern Conference play. Hardest it's, it goes from hardest to easiest. Yes, as they go to Toronto, then Montreal, then Ottawa. Yeah, it will get progressively less challenging, but obviously you can't take any of them less seriously. No, no. So, um, she could could be very interesting. Jack Campbell versus Ben Bishop. Not so much because of Campbell versus Bishop, but Campbell versus the Stars yeah. in a non-LA Kings uniform. Yeah. Well, we could have gone. Did you haul off the road there, looks or like they just pulled over? Not sure. Oh, it's on the, it looks like it, off kil- it looked off kilter. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Trucks everywhere tonight. Yeah. Let's, uh, let's go to the lightning round. To the lightning round. Uh, cue our heavy production and music. Section 208. When is it appropriate to put Gurionov in the Calder the Calder Trophy discussion? He's tied for most gold by a rookie. I don't see Olsen, who's injured, or Hughes making. He's not tied for most goals by a rookie. Uh, or okay, hold on. Let me finish the question, then you can correct it. Making this kind of impact on their respective bottom of the pack teams. Only Makar at the moment. Your thoughts? Well, one, Makar's winning the Calder. Um, it's pretty. Much, I mean, it's Makar or Hughes. They're both kind of. I heard somebody say that they thought McCarr was the early runaway, and now it's Quinn Hughes. Yeah, it's, I mean, those two have been by far the two most outstanding rookies. Um, also, it's uh, uh, Kubelik has more goals. He's 22 for Chicago. Chicago. Uh, uh, he's, uh, Kubelik is, is older. But he's still eligible. He's technically a rookie, he, but he's not a rookie in the classic sense of... But he's also not, he's also not Markarov. Uh, 
No, no, he's no. He's not no. that old of a rookie. No. Uh, so, no, so, Kuryanov is... I was looking at it today. I mean, the, 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 Kuryanov's not even in the Calder conversation. Um, it's, it, it's great for what he's doing for Dallas, but he's not even in the Calder conversation. Could he gets to the point where he is in the top three? Um, if he if he if he catches if he catches the, if he's the goal leader, yes. But I think right now, if you're talking about the conversation for Denny, is more so should he be in that all rookie team conversation? It's not. Well, it's, it's, good, good it, it's not. It's not whether if he, he keeps scoring at the current rate. Yes, then he, he is. Will be. Yes. So that that to me is he's not he's not in the Calder Trophy conversation. I have a vote for the Calder Trophy. He's not getting my Calder Trophy vote. Um, and that's as it stands or in at ever. As it stands, I mean, okay. obviously. Oh, that, I want you to qualify as, that as, as it because stands, you yeah. said he's not getting my vote. Yes. That okay. sounds like you've already made your no, decision. No, but as it stands right now, Fair he's not no. getting my Calder Trophy vote. But right. see, now you qualified him. But <laughs> as, but if I take a hard look at it right now, I could definitely see him being on my All Rookie Team ballot as one of the three forwards. Right. So, Coach Kitchen writes in Carcast things that make me happy. One, Jamie Ben in beast mode. Okay. By the way, Jamie Benn has been really good for a number of games in a row now, which is uh, something we did not see early in this year. And most of last year was a string of games over several weeks where he's been quite good. This is encouraging. I made this case in my my 2020 tonight. Um, I think, so here's something, and I'm sure that this is people will be discussing. Who had the... Which players had the least amount of ice time tonight for the Dallas Stars? Which players had the least amount of ice time for the Dallas Stars? You think I repeated that entirely? Yes. Um, you know what? I didn't look at the sheet. So is it was Jamie Ben one of the least? It was so. Well, Kiviranta had the least <coughs> at ten minutes and okay. seconds. Then it was Dennis Kurianov and Jamie Ben, which is amazing. Like so. But is that just because they're be- taking more appropriate shift lengths? So. Um, well, no, because they also had uh, Dennis Gurionov was also tied for the least amount of shifts on the team. Um, however, however, they had power play time. Both yes. However, with power play goals with well, I believe Jamie. Well, Gurionov is a different discussion. I'd like to see more minutes for him. I do think this is the case, and I made this point in my story. I, I believe, oh, I see where I, you're I going believe this. this is the case where there is an appropriate amount of load management for Jamie Benn. Where it actually increases where it actually, his ability. Like if I can get just if I can get thirteen minutes, thirteen thirty of that version of Jamie instead Ben of 20. instead of twenty minutes of eh version, yes. I would much rather have that. I'm with you on that. So that's that's kind of where I look at it this night. Where it's a night where if you were watching the game at home and you're watching the impact, you notice Jamie Ben throughout the game. You wouldn't have guessed there, you wouldn't have guessed he'd be the third lowest for time on ice. No, but that's not how at much all. of an impact he had in the minutes he played. So. Just looking at, we know how how Jamie has kind of had has slowed down a little bit. His he's he's an older thirty. Him being able to play like this in reduced minutes, I think that could be a really key thing to getting the best version of him every night. Other things that make Coach Kitchen yeah. happy: Dennis Gurianov emerging as a legitimate scoring threat. Mm-hmm. Watching Miro Haskinen play hockey, he was good. Seeing Corey Perry play better. And the best goalie tandem in the league. Yes, all of those things make me happy, too. Uh, Brad Gibson writes in, two really good games back-to-back against a couple of quality teams. Love how the Stars move the puck out of the back end even after they built a two-goal lead. Is that a result of better team play, different personnel on defense, or something else? So 
One of the things I noticed tonight, Sean, was, and I think against St. Louis as well, is the Stars were really good about getting pucks out of their zone, meaning strong exits or winning those battles on the half wall. There were numerous times tonight where, hey, great job by Blake Como there, nice clear by Cogliano, or a good focus to make sure they got the puck to center ice. So they didn't have to be regrouped. What is it with people? Oh we got God. another accident here. Is that in our lane or is that in the highway? I think. I Both? think. No, I think this one is telling us not to get on. Like I think oh, okay. our lane is not allowing us to get on the highway. Well, it's good we're not trying to yeah. get on the highway. Yeah, we've got another. Uh, well, wet conditions tonight. People driving too fast. Yeah. We got something going on. Yeah. Can't see what. Oh yeah, smash up there. Cars oh, facing the wrong direction. Oh man. Smashy, smashy. Ooh, anyway. Um, I just thought that I, what what what's the, what do you attribute to it? Well, it's attention to details and it's executing, right? Players being in the right spots, but also winning those battles. On some nights yeah. you don't win those battles and you get stuck, you get hemmed in, and it snowballs because you get tired, and then you make a mistake, and then all of a sudden you're defending a chance instead of getting it out of your zone. I think the other big thing too is has been the kind of solidification of that top four defense now. Top five. Yeah, really? well, no, no, but my, my, yes, point being, my point being is talking about Stephen Johns. Steven looked really good tonight, He's too. looked really good. Not just the pass to Jamie, yeah. but he looked really yeah. fluid with his skating. He was zipping the puck around. I just think that he's uh, – Rick Bone has made a real point to say how much better Stephen Johns is as a player than he thought he was. Mm-hmm. And – He's really starting to come into his yeah. own, and I'm really happy for him. Yeah. Uh, Joe Walton, who, by the way, Joe, you are also one of the darkest clouds on my Twitter feed at times. So I'm curious to see what you say. Who's a better defenseman, Sergei Zubov or Miro? Sorry for the tough question. Who's a better defenseman? Better uh, defenseman. Um, I th- look. I think Miro has the chance to be something very special. But he hasn't reached Sergei Zubov level yet for a couple of reasons. Mm-hmm. One, Sergei did it for a long period of time, won a cup, and is a Hockey Hall of Famer. It's things that I think Miro can attain, but he hasn't done it yet. So I, but from a defensive zone, yes, that's different than an overall defenseman. Yes, so I, can, I, I think yeah, I can, Miro's better in his own zone. Yes, I agree with that. But again. Long way to go. Long way to go. And to put a, a very nice company to keep. Yes. Gallup Gus, what a great night for the Stars. I do hope Jay Bomeister is okay in Anaheim. Yeah, we do too. Yes. Uh, my Carcass question. It blows my mind that Andre Sekera was number two on the team in plus minus before Miro recently passed him. He's still third. I know plus minus is a bad stat, but how does that even happen? What it means is, is that Andre Sekera is a smarter hockey player than people give him credit for with this Dallas Stars squad. Andre Sekera is a is a better player than people give him credit for, and there have been he had some rough moments earlier in the season, but he's been rather solid over the last two months. Like it's been, I mean, people. No, just you want to you don't want to get on a rant. I don't want to go on a rant. Next Jason writes in, where would the Stars be without Dennis Gurionov this season? Um, where would they be without him? They'd probably be. Wildcard team? Wildcard team, yeah. Um, Struggling for some yeah. for for some offensive inspiration at times. Yeah, because there's there's a couple games where God, you look at a couple times tonight. Do you see how fast he was? Yeah. Some of those oh, accelerations okay. towards loose pucks. 
where it might have been 50-50 and he just blows away from a guy. He's so fast. Yeah. So going back to our fastest skater argument, I think from goal line to goal line, Dennis is the fastest sprinter on the team. Mm-hmm. I think from blue line to blue line, Rope might be the fastest short burst skater. And from one lap, like a all-star. Like the way they actually clock in it. In the all-star yeah, yeah. game, Miro wins that one. Yeah, I mean, either way, you've got a pretty good. They're all fast. you got a pretty good 4 by 100 team there. Oh, my God. Wait, who's wait, who's your fourth guy? That's, yeah, that's, that's, that's a good point. Who's your fourth guy? Jeez. Uh, Maybe Kiviranta. Could be. Kids quick, nimble, good yeah. turns. Um, at one point in his career, it would have been Tyler Sagan, but he's oh. not there anymore. I think even Cogliano's at least still in the conversation. Cogs has been flying around the ice on the four check lately. Former uh, NHL's fastest skater winner. I would give Cogliano a, a good chance of being in that 4x100 oh. of skating, or 4 by whatever the yeah, yeah, uh, whatever distance, short track whatever, or speed state skating. Whatever distance you want to call it, but yeah. Andrea writes in, that was mo- the most electric game we've played in a while. So much fun. What's the most memorable thing that happened while you were on the ice? Have you ever scored a hat trick, either of you? I've never, <laughs> I've never scored a hat trick. As um, a goaltender, it would be surprising if you did. Yes. Uh, most memorable thing that's happened while I was on the ice. Um, God, it's been a long time. I mean, if we're, if we're not talking men's league. <laughs> um, I mean, I wasn't prepared for this. No, I, I wasn't prepared for this question. Um, I... One, I, I played in one of the coolest things I played. One of the cooler games I played in was uh, the high school I went to, where I played. It had for a long time. It was a unified high school team for the all three high schools in town. And my senior year, they split the uh, they split they split the team into two teams. One one unified team between who high schools and another. So we actually had an in district rivalry for the first time in ah. the district and we played the first time we ever played was the friday it was black friday after thanksgiving and it was a very cool just as far as an environment and place i played in it was just such a that was one of the coolest atmospheres i played in because it was a rivalry game the rink was packed um and i just for me that was kind of my senior year of high school, there was another goalie on the team who was a senior, and we had split the first couple starts of the season, and that was the game where they really named me the actual starting goalie. So that, that one is kind of special to me in my mind, just from the atmosphere and kind of I had gone through a time where I hadn't been I had been cut from the team two years earlier. So that was kind of, that's kind of a cool memory for me. For me, um, my senior year we won was, the game too. Oh, so. that's good. Well, that's important. <laughs> yes. You know, the hell with all these individual accomplishments. My favorite, the one that comes to mind really quickly is um, when I was a senior in high school, my high school formed a hockey team. We didn't have one prior to that because we didn't have an indoor rink in our town. We played outdoors all the time. Anyway, so we would we finally had a organized team. Uh, I wish I had started playing a lot much sooner organized because I think I could have done something. I don't know if I'd ever have gone pro, but I could have done more than – be a glory days. Well, no, but you know it's funny because like I didn't play organized hockey until I was 17, mm-hmm. and I wish that I had started when I was 10. Who knows how? Because my learning curve exploded from where I was from before that season until after it, that. It is. This is actually interesting. Uh, so anyway, no, but real quick, hold on. I'm, I'm okay. Has nothing to do with my story. But we'll get to the, the youth development. But in a it minute. does. So growing up, you guys have heard me say this before. 
the University of Maine hockey team was the closest thing to watching an NHL team for me for much of my childhood because it was where we would go to, uh, you know, three or four times a year and watch it on TV. I was a big U-Maine fan back then, and one of my high school games was at Alphonse Arena, which is where Maine played. It's still to this day the hardest fastest ice surface we've ever I've ever played on it was the the best ice I've ever skated on because it almost it was it was such hard ice that my skate blades felt dull mm-hmm. but it was awesome I scored a goal in the game uh, <coughs> it was just it, it was like what the stars do now where they do rink of dreams where they have mm-hmm. all the youth teams that are young come in and play a game at the American Airlines Center ah. uh, that's what the kind of feeling it was for me yeah it is it is a funny note just to make as or two people who ended up working in hockey and everything like that. Um, I didn't play organized hockey until I was 12 or 13. Yeah. Uh, I wish I had started that. Yeah, and, and that's something that just as far as it'd be kind of, I hear all these guys, it's it's funny to hear people talk about the memories of like, oh, I remember playing this when I was five, six, seven years old. That would have been something that would have been cool to have, but I didn't play, I didn't play organized hockey until I was 12 or 13. I have scored a hat trick before, um, but anyway, not like, at a major level or anything, mm-hmm. so whatever, right? Uh, Sh- uh, Sean, Nathan- Sean Nathan, <laughs> Jonathan writes in S. Sturm also, but seeing the progression of 24, hence Gurianov, mm-hmm. Haskinen, and Kamano in a brief cameo, you think nil slash lights bring in a more up tempo offensive coach for next season, assuming Bones isn't the guy, of course. Um, I mean, it's hard. The the other issue, the issue is whether is is Bones the guy or not. That's the two different questions. That's kind of a big question. Um, if in hypothetical, and does he want to be the guy? Yes, that's that's another point. Which too. I didn't think was even a question until I heard him co- sort of waffle on a question this past week in the media. Yeah. Um. Okay. To 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 using the condition of, say, Rick Bonus isn't the coach for whatever reason. Say Rick Bonus isn't the guy because it is his job to kind of win and prove that he should have it. But say, hypothetically, he either doesn't want the job or the stars or he decides, oh, this is enough for me or whatever. Just say he's not the option just for this conversation's sake. Okay. Um, I Some good options out there. There are some good options out there. Um, I think the stars would like would like someone who – trusts I think the co- I think the management would like someone who trusts the younger players a little bit more but I also think they're going to look at what has helped the stars win over the last 2 years the other thing is is that they have head coaches in the system yes I mean so if it wasn't Rick Bonus it could be John Stevens it could be John Stevens it could be Derek Laxdahl it could be Todd Nelson yeah I think Stevens would be the next guy up if it was in house they may I look could, outside of that. I could see that. I, I, I could see that. Yeah. But I also could definitely see Laxdahl being the guy because of and, – and, and I know why you're probably going with Stevens as he was the one who coached when – but I also think – And the experience factor. But I also – And he's a good coach. He is a good coach, but I also think you take a look at, okay, this season if someone was going to step in and fill those shoes in a situation where Rick Bonus was sick like he was the other day, it's John Stevens because he's been around all year. He's got – Could have gone a couple different ways. Could have gone a couple different I mean, ways. Nelson, uh, Todd Nelson's been here longer. Yeah, but – Right? But he's also had – he's not on the bench all the time anymore. No. So, you're right. So but I, he was but for that game. There are some, there are some options. So. Dallas Stars Haiku writes in a two-part question. We kind of touched on this a little bit, okay. Sean. Part one – 
Instead of simply awarding the goal, wouldn't it be more fun if the NHL still made the player attempt the penalty shot on an empty net? I think it would be fun once, but it would also be silly and kind of dumb. Yeah. And ultimately, it would it would be less fun the longer it went on. Yeah. But the second part of the question is kind of funny. Most likely, Dallas star to miss in that scenario. To miss? If you had a penalty shot on an empty net. Because let's face it, every single player on the roster, goalies included, if – if you gave them a puck at center ice and said you can skate in and shoot on an empty net, yeah. they can score. The only question is, does any of them get bored and try to do something fancy and screw it up? Um, do any of them get bored and do something fancy? Right, because that's the only way. If you stay focused, you just skate it in and just push it into the net, So the, right? the player most likely to miss is a player that, like, people wouldn't think of because it would be one of the goal scorers who have scored. Right. That's right. I I think it's a guy that would get like, Oh, I can just rip this in and then just hit the post or something. Yeah. But like if it say, say you send out like a Roman Pollock or a Joel Kiviran to take their time or or something like they're going to do every that they're going almost into the net with that. That's what I mean. So my thought would be a guy like Radulov who'd start skating, go, I can just crank this thing and it'll go in. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to go with that one. Yeah. Well, I think we all remember the Brad Marchand, uh, penalty shot this year where he went to go and he skated and overskated the puck. And so, yeah. you know, he goes to pick up the puck at center ice and skates forward and just flat out missed it. It was just yeah. a lapse in concentration. Obviously, Brad Marchand is a good player and can score goals. So, um, let's see. Stefan Dreyer, how much of an issue is all the bonus money of the Stars' contracts that will overage into next season going to be next year. Miro, Dennis, Sacker, and Perry bonus money combined likely will make quite a dent into the Stars' cap space next year, Sean. Sorry, rephrase that. No, that's not rephrase it. It's repeat it because I wasn't listening. Can you please repeat it? I'm just... uh... (laughs) Not rephrase. Sean is doing other work. He's not concentrating on the car cast. Not do, like I, a true pro. I, I, He's I am, multitasking, I am multitasking, which is showing you that he doesn't care enough about episode 101. Are we I, good yet? Almost good. Hold oh, on. Oh, waiting for Sean to be available for the question is really okay. awesome I, I, for I'm the ready podcast. Um, Stefan wants to know about cap overages because of bonuses and how that's okay. going to hurt him for next year. That's um, the simplified version of a much more detailed question. You've written about this, yeah. so I was ready to tee it up for you, and you weren't listening. So you're going to have cap overage issues with, with, with Miro Hishkinen. He listed Miro, Denny, Sekera, and Perry. Um, you're definitely going to have one with Miro. You're maybe going to have one with Gurionov. It depends on where he finishes in the ranks for goals, actually. Um, but either way, it is a situation... Uh, um, it's a situation where it's going to probably cost the stars around. I don't have the calculator in front of me, so it's tough to do, but it's probably something that could count cost them around one million against the cap for next year. Just that's that, it. It could be more, um, but it's one of those where I don't have everything in front of me. Like I don't have the. All right, so he's punting a, a question that he didn't hear the first time anyway. Jeffy writes in. So how about Jamie Ben? Eh. Pretty good night. Yeah. Uh, Dylan writes in a question that you will have to use your brain power and not just gloss over. Okay. What's better, 101 Dalmatians or 101 hot dogs? I have questions because yeah. are they talking about the edible hot dog in a bun 
Are we talking about wiener dogs? Yeah, I don't know what they're talking about on that one. Because calling a wiener dog or a dachshund a hot dog is a common nomenclature or nickname. Um, I've actually owned both, Sean. When I was a kid, we had a Dalmatian. Uh, my parents have had some dachshunds, and now we have four. So plenty of wiener activity at the old yeah. house. I'm going to go with, if he's talking about dachshunds, I'm going to say 101 dachshunds. I'm going to go with that. I do like Dalmatians, though. Um, yeah, but I, yeah, I'm going to go dachshunds. Because I think I think 101 Dalmatians, it's a little bit uh, more original. Ardell writes in, Sean, thanks for the quality article on Lindell earlier this week. Sean's getting praised for something he's not listening to, which I am, is awesome. No, I, I am listening. Will the next Olympics include NHL players? And then, of course, Ardell, who always asks a ton of questions. Uh, That's who, good, though. That's good. We want people to ask questions. Well, who are the, well, he asks long questions. Who are the NHL's best American-born players currently at each respective position? Center oh wing, gosh. D, goalie. I told you he asked long questions or <sighs> questions that take a while to answer. I want in my heart to say that, yes, the, the NHL players will go to China for next year's Winter Olympics. I'm not totally confident that's going to happen. I think I, it's I a mis- I, it would be a mistake I, yeah. for them to not use to try to take advantage of it being a billion plus people. Yeah. But the NHL does not want to have a two week window of of a of a gap. Although Sean, even though it means condensed schedule, it sucks to have so many games stacked together. It would be the first time since I started working in the NHL that we basically have a two-week break with NHL hockey going on with the Olympics. That would be awesome. Yeah, it would be. But it would also make the rest of the work schedule really tight. Yeah, it would be. Um, um, I, 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 I hope they do it. I it's hope great they go. The I really hope they go. Uh, best American-born players currently at the respective positions. Well, you're going to have Austin Matthews. Um, I still think Patrick Kane is one of the Americans' best players. He is. Uh, especially as a winger. Um, um, Seth Jones, bet one of the better defensemen, but yeah, but forget about right now. How about goalie? You've got yeah. Bishop, you've got John Gibson, Connor Hellebuck, pretty deep at that position. Yeah, for Americans, even Jack Campbell is playing for Toronto right yeah. now. Anything else you want to add to that, Mister Athletic? Um, I mean, Gibson is one who's been on who's under. I need fire to start taking time. Sean's phone away from him when he's driving. I have to do my own. I'm, I'm not driving. We're literally sitting, and I'm trying to do my job. Well, we're doing a car cast right now. What do you do when I'm driving and you're answering or asking the questions? <laughs> he doesn't even know what I asked. <laughs> I, heard, I heard what you asked. No, you didn't. So. What did I ask if you heard it? Yeah. You didn't. Still didn't. Uh, no, I didn't pay attention. <laughs> See, you should just own that you're not it because the more times I call you on it, the yeah. worse it sounds. Whatever. Do you want to do any more questions? Yeah, just let's finish up. Are you sure? Yeah, let's finish All right. I'm good. Um, <laughs> man, I can't wait for the listeners. Tee off on school pants, schoolboy outfit. Uh, cooking with Teresa. Some teams on the penalty kill like Carolina tonight lined up their players on the blue line to prevent entry. What is the best way to gain entry into the offensive zone on the power play when they line up like that? Sorry if this is a dumb question and the answer is just charge ahead. It's it's the question is how many teams do that like no it was more of the what's the best way to get a power play zone entry when they stack the blue line 
Well, that's why, I mean, it's one of the reasons, if, when they're doing that, when they stack the blue line, one, I mean, that's one time where actually the drop pass can actually be rather effective. It's why Jason Spezza was so good at yeah. zone entries on the power play, because his ability to weave through guys that were relatively stationary. Mm-hmm. And the reason why they had the drop pass was it forced the players that were trying to skate backwards at the speed of the, the rush to stop because of, there was a drop pass. They couldn't just keep going. They'd give them a huge gap. Mm-hmm. And then Spezza would get the puck and weave his way in, and he was very good at that. Yeah. Um, so you either have to have somebody who's very adept at evading those players as he carries it in, or try to, I mean, it's tough. They have, you can try to dump it past the line and try to just win the battle, win the race for the puck. Um, or you have to pass it in and not get it blocked by a stick or a leg. And that's why teams do that. They make it hard to get in the zone. Melissa writes in, what parameters do you, do each of you use to measure quality scoring chances since it can be so subjective at times? Also, Owen, I liked your attempted hat joke during the postgame interview with Ben. I don't know if what she means by that, other than I bench, mentioned something to the effect of that he scored a hat trick on the hat, the military appreciation hat giveaway. Yeah, which was fun. It wasn't really a joke, just did sort guys, of. A, did you guys talk about his tape at all? Uh, I saw it, but no, we didn't ask him about okay. it. Um, yeah, what are you gonna do? Uh, look, for me, quality chances. It, it, I try to keep it as consistent as I can. It varies a bit depending on who's shooting, mm-hmm. because some players are better than others. Yeah. So you have to give them that. Some players can score from farther away. Positioning is part of it. For me, it's usually the what they call the home plate shaped area, which connects the face-off circles at the dots to the tops of the circles, mid-slot, and then angles toward the crease, with some exceptions based on player, open net, who's shooting, that kind of thing. Yeah, I, and I don't I don't track them by hand and quantify them the way you do by hand. So it's it's more on a case to case basis of yeah. Who should, I mean, it's so I don't I don't want to go and say I have this criteria or that criteria. It's it's kind of like. Uh, but again, I'll give a and like for example on the power play tonight, Miro had a one timer from the blue line mm-hmm. that hit Mrazek in the shoulder in the butterfly, and there was a big rebound off that. Even though that was shot from above the high slot area, yeah. I thought it was a quality chance because Miro was waiting for it, set up, ripped it, and Mrazek was forced into a tough save with traffic. Yeah. So even though that's outside of the normal region that I use for quality chances, I said, you know what? That's quality chance. Alex Ovechkin pounds a one-timer from the above the top of the circles. That's still a quality chance. It's Alex Ovechkin or Tyler Sagan, for that matter. Mm-hmm. Um, or Dennis Gurionov. Or Dennis Gurionov to start quickly showing that. Mm-hmm. But if you have somebody who's not much of a goal scorer shoot from up there, I'll go, nope, goalie should probably save that. So part of it is is also telling you the quality scoring chance is, is also in a position where the you can do everything right as a goaltender and it can still go in. Yes. Whereas if you're shooting from a place where you say, nope, as long as there's no deflections or traffic, the goalie should stop that every time. Maybe that's not a quality chance. Yeah. That's one of the... That's, again, a, fair, that's a fair way to look at it, yeah. Uh, last one, Stars Potter 12. What are a few teams that have surprised you this season, either good or bad? As in teams... NHL teams. Do you think this is a question about overall or when we've seen them? Um, Could be both. Like, I think Carolina's a good team. I yeah. think the Stars outplayed them tonight, but that doesn't mean yeah. I, I still think Carolina's good. Uh, 
I think the New Jersey Devils were expected to be a lot better, and they're really bad. Yeah, they are much worse than they were supposed I to be. I thought with the addition of P.K. Subban in the offseason and a couple of other players that they added on, um, Wayne Simmons was an offseason. I didn't know if he was going to be a huge part, yeah. but we thought they were going to be at least maybe a playoff contender. Well, uh, for me, New Jersey was kind of when we saw them, it wasn't a surprise because the tailspin. Because we started. knew they were bad already. But when, but compared to what we expected at the beginning of the season, it was a surprise. Um, I think. I think the Chicago Blackhawks are better right now than we. Th- I thought early in the year they looked like they were going to be an outside. I didn't think they were yeah. going to be a playoff team. They have a shot. They do. Um, Winnipeg is not as good as I thought they were going to be this year. Mm-hmm. They are struggling. They they've been up and down. Um, yeah. Losing Dustin Bufflin was, was a bit of a su- surprise for them, and that hurts because they also lost Truba and Myers on their back yeah. blue line. You know what? Another thing that's surprising <laughs> for me, um, just because, and it, they're probably they may they may even still win that division, but I thought Vegas, I thought Vegas would be more head and shoulders above other people. And I think division. they were going to fire their coach this yeah. year. Yeah. So the other surprises are. Um, I didn't think L.A. was going to be very good, but to see all three California teams struggle, it's been a long time since that. Yeah. Uh, if yeah. ever, that all three yeah. have not been good. Mm-hmm. So from a Western Conference standpoint, that really stands out. And and also Nashville. Nashville's not as good. Mm-hmm. And we've seen this, Sean. They're on the bubble. They are not the playoff contender we thought maybe no, they would not. be at the start of the year. No. On the Eastern side of things, I'm surprised with how much Columbus lost mm-hmm. in the offseason. Panarin, Bobrovsky, Dezingle, Nyquist, right? Nyquist still there? Uh, he's gone. He's gone, right? He's gone, yeah. All those guys, and they're hanging around. Yeah, no, I mean, and... It, and they lost Corpus earlier this year, and now Elvis Merz-Lincolns is... <laughs> he can't stop shutting teams out. Part of that is... Tortorella's system, mm-hmm. they're very defensive-minded. But part of it is also the Latvian can play. Yeah. No, Columbus is a, for what they've done, like last year you felt like last year was the year they went all in mm-hmm. with all those moves, and then and they, they beat Tampa, and then everything walked in. Like, well, okay, they're going to, it's going to be, it's going to be. thought it was going to be off the yeah. cliff. And the fact that they're in it, and obviously they're about to go through a very tough stretch with Seth Jones hurt for the remainder of the regular season. Asking an awful lot from them. You're, at, you're asking a lot, but. They continue to... But their team defensive yes. structure is such that it could absorb that. It could. We'll see. Could. Um, also a bit of a surprise is how bad Tampa was at the beginning of this year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, not surprising is that they've gotten out of it because Correct. I still think they're really a good team and they're doing it now. But, Sean, boy, beginning of the year, they look like the Dallas Stars. They looked awful. Uh, you know, two teams that had terrible starts, both have obviously gotten their seasons back on track. Yeah. Um, Anybody think, else that stands out for you, good or bad? I think. I think we knew Boston was going to be yeah, pretty we good. Knew Boston was I thought be Arizona was going to be a contender. Um, Arizona's weird situation where you look I don't at know they, what they're going to be now. Like the they're other up and down. The other crazy thing to think about is how about Edmonton? Could you? I, I don't think it's going to happen because of how close the Pacific is. But could you imagine a world where Taylor Hall gets traded twice in the same year? It's possible. Like I actually heard. Somebody from a Canadian market speculate that if Arizona starts to fall off, because they're right on the bubble right now, could they trade him? Yeah. Would the Stars go for him? I mean, I I felt like once he got traded to Arizona, Taylor Hall was done. Yeah. Like, he was off the market. That is weird, isn't it? 
I, I think the most one of the, perhaps the most surprising storyline of the season to me actually has been, um, and this is more an individual player than than a overall team has been the Kovalchuk situation with Montreal, where he goes from being a bit of a surprise, where he goes from getting completely bought out by LA midseason, having his contract basically voided because they viewed that as a better value than having him play for them. And now he goes to Montreal, he's scoring goals and all of a sudden Montreal could turn him into a second or third round pick of the deadline. And and there was people, I, I saw some of the Boston media last week losing their minds at the idea that the Bruins had a shot at signing Kovalchuk when he was bought out by L.A. Mm-hmm. or had his contract terminated yeah. and could have gotten him for just signing him yeah. for free and now might be showing interest in acquiring him via trade, <laughs> which is ridiculous, isn't it? Mm-hmm. I mean, hey, Montreal could be a outside shot. No, more power to him there. Like, to get in, too. Yeah. Um, I, th- those are the ones that stand out for me. Yeah. And we talked about half the league just now. So. Yeah, we did. Well, um. Let's roll. Let's wrap this up. <laughs> Let's wrap it up. Sean's got other work to do, folks, and we've already called him out about ten times. You probably won't go back and listen to the last 15 minutes of this podcast, nope. but if you did, you'll realize how many times I asked you, did you hear what I said? You said yes, and then had no idea what to say, and it was awesome. I was fighting with an editor, okay? Well, it happens. Regardless of the, the reasoning, I think you're better off to just go, yeah, you got me. I wasn't listening. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There we go. Okay, everyone, we will... Uh, episode 101 with a bang. By the way, that's why you asked that question. It's episode 101. Mm-hmm. 101 Dalmatians, 101 Hot Dogs. Oh. I just figured that out. Oh, man. We Sorry. that earlier. We're late. We've had jackknife uh, uh, tractor trailers on the highway. Sean's uh, not really all here. I'm here. You are now. Yeah, yeah. Episode 102 next Tuesday. <laughs> 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 all right. Everyone have a wonderful evening.